Welcome to another edition of the Blue Ribbon SEC Basketball Podcast. We'll talk some hoops over the next few minutes along with Chris Dorch of Blue Ribbon. I'm Kevin Ingram. Glad to have you with us. Chris, welcome to February. How's it going, man? I'm well, good, sir. And and I, it's really amazing. I started counting the SEC games that are left on the schedule, and there aren't that many. We're already, uh, you know, halfway through, or at least some schools are. Some haven't been able to play their full allotment, but now is the time of year that really goes fast. Uh, January was a blur. February will be faster still. And then March, you know, uh, I don't call it March Madness for nothing. Uh, so much happens there that it just like, it just breezes by because it's so yeah. fun. And it's really what those of us who have covered this game for a living our whole careers, that's kind of what we live for. Yeah, February is it's a short month to begin with, and you got a whole bunch of games crammed in, and they're really important. And you know, I've I've not real, I've kind of shied away from looking at bracket projections until now. And I figured, okay, February is here. Now you start to look at things taking shape a little bit. I took a look at our, our friend Joe Lenardi's latest bracket on ESPN.com, broken out into different versions: a 68 team version, a 48 team version, and a 16 team version. Uh, SEC has six teams in, Bama a two seed, Tennessee a three, Missouri a four, Florida a six, LSU and Arkansas both 11s, the Razorbacks part of the first four. But uh, to me, that sounds about right. The Big Ten is clearly the, the strongest conference, but the SEC isn't far behind. There are a lot of really good squads in the Southeastern Conference, and uh, I think we'll probably see five or six uh, once they actually get around to putting this thing together in a few weeks. Whatever Joe gets paid, he's worth it because – now he's he's come out with 68, 48, and 16-team brackets. And if you look at his 68-team bracket, which, of course, that's what we're all hoping for, uh, there are six SEC teams in, including Arkansas, which he's got as an 11th seed in the first four. And then if, if we go down to 48 teams, uh, Tennessee, uh, I mean, uh, the SEC has four, including Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, and Mizzou, and and then if it's just 16, uh, it's cut to Tennessee and Alabama. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, I, 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 you know, I, I commend Joe's foresight for, uh, you know, a, a, a tough job made even tougher if he's slicing and dicing his bracketology to, for 68, 48, or 16. But we really don't know. I, I mean, if you look at some of these schools, it's crazy. St. Louis University has played one conference game. It's one conference game. The, the, in fact, the Atlantic 10 in general has been beset with, uh, uh, COVID cancellations and, and, and postponements. And it's been crazy. But, uh, yeah, Joe's got three brackets. If you look at, it's really cool how they put it on uh, ESPN.com. I like the layout and the look of it. And, mm-hmm. Uh, he goes nuts this year, starting about now. Uh, and I can't imagine it would be any easier for him to have to break it out three ways like he has. Yeah, I hope it's not a situation where it's a 16-team bracket. I, I have a hard time believing that that's going to be the uh, the end result of this thing. But we'll just have to see uh, when, you know, in a few weeks when it all uh, starts to really take shape and come together. By the way, uh, congrats to Joe on a new contract with ESPN. That was announced in just the uh, last couple of days. So we'll be getting his brackets on, on the four-letter network for years to come. Chris, I, I feel like there ought to be some sort of residual for you. I mean, you're in on the ground floor of this thing with Joe years ago. 
Yeah, it's funny. Uh, we're doing an SEC podcast. We were actually, he had come from Philly to visit me at, in my home in Chattanooga. And we were on the road to a, a game at, in Knoxville, Florida and Tennessee. And that's when we sort of came up with the concept. And it was all for the Blue Ribbon Tournament Edition that we we created. And we just figured we needed to know in advance what teams might get in. And one thing led to another. And now Joe has turned it into a closet industry and more power to him. He's also got a, a book coming out. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, promised me he'd come on and, and we'd talk about it. It's called Bracketology, March Madness, College Basketball, and the Creation of a National Obsession. <laughs> it, it comes out March 2nd. And I, I texted him this morning and said, what's a brother got to do to pick up a, a uh, review <laughs> copy? And he said, oh, I'll put you on the list. So uh, we'll see. SEC Big 12 Challenge over the last weekend, uh, Chris. SEC won 5-4. to four. If you look at the overall uh, matchups with one cancellation, Tennessee made the biggest statement. There is no question about it. They hammered Kansas 80-61. to 61. For those who had wondered if Tennessee was, uh, you know, if the, the boat was taking on water a little bit, I think they answered some questions on Saturday. Eve Pond scored 17. Jaden Springer is back. That's good news for Tennessee. He scored 13. Fulkerson had 11 points, six boards, and three assists. The Vols were 8 of 13 from three. They led in rebounds 38-23. Kansas did not shoot the ball well. And uh, that was a statement win, I thought, for Rick Mars' team. No question. And, and it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about it, but Jaden Springer has really become a key cog of that team. And it, I mean, it, it didn't start out that way. I mean, he, he, he scored in double figures in just about every game, but you didn't think he was so vital until you started looking at his numbers beyond scoring with, with assists. He, he's had a six assist game and he can rebound and he can defend and, He's their best shooter, their best post score, their best mid-range shooter. Um, he just does so many things. And in, in the games that he played five minutes against Alabama after hurting his ankle, they got hammered, uh, re-injured the uh, ankle and a win over Vanderbilt. Then they got hammered by Mizzou and Florida. And then when he comes back, they hold off Mississippi State. He has a lot to do with that and beat Kansas. And now he's the freshman of the week. So, there's something to this, uh, as Jaden Springer goes, so does Tennessee, but it doesn't hurt that, uh, Santiago Vescovi is, is back. I think he tweaked his, his hip a little bit and was struggling. He's not the quickest, most athletic guy anyway. And, and then you, you put him out there with, with a hip injury and it, it really further complicates his ability to either keep people in front of him or get past people. But I think the biggest thing and just in, in listening to uh, Coach Barnes' uh, post-game, pre-game, press conferences and reading the transcripts, he just wants his players to take open shots and not pass them up. Mm-hmm. And if, if they don't go in, so be it, but take open shots. And I think that he knows that his team and his staff have put enough time in w- with jump shooting. I, I mean, I've seen some of their practices and – and Rick Barnes places an extreme value on the ability to, to shoot a jump shot. And he just wants his players to take open shots. And it seems like when they've, when they've done that and they see one go in, then the next thing you know, four or five guys have got a three. And that's how you bury people. And, and I think they're, 
they're capable of doing that with the kind of defense they play. Alabama ranked number nine going into last weekend, lost at Oklahoma 66-61. Sooners came out, they were down two of their key guys, and they started off strong. They played really good defense. Alabama was only 10 of 28 from three, 38% overall. They turned it over 16 times, lost in rebounds 42-34. I thought Alabama might go in there and get that one in Norman, but that was a big win for the Sooners, and they moved into the top ten after that win this week. I mean, Alabama's still fine as far as the SEC goes, uh, still rolling along in, in conference play. Another big one against LSU coming up. But uh, that that one surprised me a bit. I thought the Crimson Tide would, would go there and win, especially with Oklahoma down a couple guys. Yeah, that, that surprised me too. Uh, I, I think what, what I noticed from that game, and, and it may be a blueprint for, for the rest of the SEC to follow, is I thought the key uh, to what Oklahoma did was they kept Alabama's guards in front. Uh, you know, it, I know the, I guess the, the, the popular opinion on how to beat Alabama is don't let them bury you from three. Mm-hmm. But it seemed to me that Oklahoma took a different tact and we're not going to let penetration kill us for those kickout threes and easy twos at the rim and a bunch of free throws. And so I thought Oklahoma, even without Austin Reeves and, and another key player, uh, really, I think really defended Alabama as, about as well as, as has, you know, at least in, their, in this winning streak, as, as well as Alabama has been defended. So I think maybe that you can bet that that film will, will be uh, passed along the SEC the rest of the season. Nice win for Florida at 11th ranked West Virginia, 85 80. Uh, not the best games really for Trey Mann or for Scotty Lewis, but Colin Castleton had 21 with seven boards. Noah Lockett four threes and scored 19, and Tyree Appleby uh, the, the third of that three-headed monster at guard for uh, for Mike White's team. 12 points, five rebounds, and seven assists. They're the best shooting team in the SEC in both overall field goal percentage and in three-point percentage. And the Gators moved into the top 25 this week, which I, I thought was a couple weeks too late. I, what, one of my issues, Chris, I think is, is recency bias. The, the last team I saw is, is, is awesome. But I have seen Florida twice against Vanderbilt this year. I, I really like that team. And you think about what they would be if, if they were full strength, obviously, with Keontae Johnson out. Uh, to me, they'd be a top-10 squad. I still think uh, they're one of the best in the SEC, no question. But uh, that was a nice win for them to go to West Virginia, which is having a good season, too, and win. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the SEC podcast that I thought the Florida game would be a key uh, to the whole Big 12 SEC challenge. And, you know, it's certainly uh, given that the SEC won five games to four with Texas-Kentucky canceled, it did turn out to be a, a big game considering that it came on the road at West Virginia. Uh, of course, in a non-COVID year, West Virginia, that would be, be a lot tougher place to sure. play. but. Yep. Castleton's really amazed me. I went and looked at his stats. Sports Reference. If, if you don't use SportsReference.com, it, it's a great website. Uh, you can get career stats for, uh, you know, players in the NBA and, well, every sport. But so I looked up Castleton's uh, career stats in two years at Michigan: two point three points, one point eight rebounds, zero point four blocks. Okay. One year, he's from Deland, Florida, so yeah. he snuck out of the state somehow. Uh, but in one year at Florida, uh, one season, not even a season, he's averaging 13 and a half points, five and a half boards, 2.3 blocks, and he's shooting 64% from the floor. Uh, 
has not attempted a, a three. He knows uh, where his bread's buttered. That's in that paint uh, on both ends. So he's been a huge key. Without him emerging, the loss of Keontae Johnson uh, uh, might have buried this team. But uh, happy to see, by the way, Keontae, uh, in a couple of games I've watched, he's actually had the, the whiteboard and, and – yeah. Showing his uh, his teammates some X's and Owens, so uh, he's he's definitely a, still a part of that team. Uh, I don't know that they've gotten to the root of his of, of his health issues and why he collapsed, but I'm glad he's back, and I, I hope he can get on the floor sooner rather than later. I, I do too. I was hoping maybe he might be able to come back this season. I don't know if that's uh, in the cards or not, but you know Trey Mann has been the guy that makes him go. He fills up the stat page almost every game, and. Scotty Lewis, to me, if there's a better athlete in the SEC, there aren't many. Uh, he and Eve Ponza have got to be right at the top of that list in the Southeastern Conference. Some other uh, scores from the SEC Big 12 Challenge. Texas A&M won at Kansas State 68-61. LSU coughed it up against Texas Tech 76-71. Missouri over TCU 102-98. Number two Baylor in a game that was more lopsided than I think a lot of people expected, 84-72. Oklahoma State held off Arkansas 81-77. Mississippi State hammered Iowa State 95-56. And, Chris, as you mentioned, uh, Texas at Kentucky was canceled. Does Mississippi State get enough run as a, as a good team in this league? That's another team. I talked about my recency bias. I've seen them play in person. And, man, I, I really like those guards. And, you know, they got a couple good bigs. I, I don't know if they're the deepest team in the whole world. But I like the, play they, the way they play. They're a little more old school the way Ben Howland does things. But uh, I think they maybe get a little bit undersold in terms of good teams in this league. Yeah, no question. I, I mean, I, I love uh, D.J. Stewart and – uh, Molinar, their, their guards, uh, I, I think can, can play with anybody. They're, they're as, as big as any team in the league. And, and, you know, their bigs are, are not stiffs. They can play. Mm-hmm. So it, it sort of surprised me. Now, Iowa State was down to six players because of COVID. Right, right. That, that was two, a basket away from the worst beating in Iowa State history. Man. It was 39 and the, uh, they had gotten beat 41. I don't know when. Must have been a long time ago. But you know, for Iowa State to have to go down there and play with just six guys, uh, and and uh, Mississippi State basically at full strength and with their size and quickness, it, it wasn't going to be a, a fun day. And yeah. it, it sure did, turned out not to be. Chris, a little closer to home for me. Uh, was happy for Vanderbilt. Uh, scored a first SEC win of the season on Saturday. Beat South Carolina 93-81 at Memorial. That game wasn't nearly as close as the final score was. It was a 25-point game with about three or four minutes left, and South Carolina scored the last 13 points. But Jerry Stackhouse has been looking for a third score. Max Evans uh, was that guy on Saturday. He scored 29. Scottie Pippen had a terrific week. He had 32 against Florida and 23 against South Carolina with seven assists. So he had 55 points and 13 assists in two games. Dylan DeSue has been really the most consistent player, I think, uh, he and, and Scottie Pippen. Uh, DeSue had 17 points, seven boards, five steals, and Vandy hit 13 threes. So I guess for me, the uh, the next question is, can can they add some more here? They're going to play three out of the next four on the road. They'll be at Texas A&M on Wednesday and at Georgia on Saturday, so two road games coming up this week. But I, I think that was a, a feel-good win for everybody. They came out and started off hot. Uh, South Carolina caught up, and then Vanderbilt by halftime was back ahead by 15 and shot a bunch of free throws in the second half. They got to the bonus really early. But uh, I, I, I had thought all along that, they're going to win uh, you know, some conference games, and uh, that was a nice one to finish up January for Stack's team. 
Yeah, I mean, if Max Evans is going to go out and get 29, I mean, Stack, I think, would take half that. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, he was looking for a third scorer. And, you know, somebody erupts for 29. I, I haven't looked, but that's got to be a career high for him. And, he he was His career high was 31. They kept him in all the way to the end. He was trying to get one more basket to get his career high. And uh, Stack said, hey, look, we're going to give him a couple chances. He took about four chances to uh, to see if he could get that one more bucket. He actually hit a three off the left side and made it, but they wiped it off on a foul on a screen. So he would have had a career high of 32 if that three had counted. But, yeah, he was very close. And, man, he was hot. He played great. Uh, that, that's uh, the, the best, certainly, uh, game he's played this season. You know, it's funny. I, I guess how it works in, in the Big 12 uh, challenge, obviously the Big 12 only has 10 teams. and. I, I guess they go by standings from the previous year, right? Uh, and if you finished in the bottom four uh, of the SEC, you're not going to get to play in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. And so this was a game that was a little bit out of the limelight, but it was important for Vanderbilt to, to finally get off the schneid. And, boy, South Carolina, we talk about St. Louis U, which has struggled with the virus. And the, South Carolina has, has been beaten up by it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I I wonder how 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 much that'll affect the Gamecocks the rest of the year, and and really how you get over something like that. It, it's just it's been so pervasive and and so debilitating. Uh, it's hard. It's been hard for South Carolina to, to get into a rhythm for sure. Yeah, they played the fewest amount of games of anybody in the SEC. They had a couple big stoppages and even a situation where they did a road trip where Frank Martin and another couple of the staff members had to stay behind. So you wish the best for those guys and just hope they can stay healthy. And, you know, they, they played really well the previous game. They blown out Georgia the previous game, but then it went the other way in Nashville the other night. Coming up this weekend, uh, Kentucky at Missouri, or this week anyway, Kentucky at Missouri was moved to Wednesday. Uh, Kentucky been shut down for COVID for a few days. They lost that game with Texas. Also LSU at Alabama, the rematch, the Crimson Tide in a game that I just couldn't turn away from, even though it was a 40-point game. They, they scored, they put in 23 three-pointers in what I thought was the most impressive performance by any SEC team this season when they played in Baton Rouge last month. Uh, on Saturday, it gets Vanderbilt at Georgia, Tennessee at Kentucky, a Mississippi State plays at South Carolina, Ole Miss at Auburn, Texas A&M at Arkansas, a top 25 matchup in Columbia coming up Saturday, uh, Alabama at Missouri, and also, Florida at LSU, the Gators won a close one when they played in Gainesville, so both those should be uh, really good games, too, coming up this weekend. Yeah, I'll tell you, LSU is, is right there, but they're going to have to lock down their D, I think, if if they want to go ahead and claim one of those bids. That, uh, well, uh, Joe's got them in at 68, not at a 48-team yeah. bracket. You know, they, they were uh, – Texas Tech scored the last 12 points – uh, LSU was up seven with a minute and six to go and, and got beat. So, uh, LSU is going to have to tamp down defensively. And if they do that, they've certainly got the offense to, to handle a lot of teams. So, uh, that's going to be key. I think, uh, Florida and LSU, because like you said, Florida is the best shooting team in the league. And uh, also they're going to have to contend with Castleton, as we talked about. And without Darius Days, more than likely, who, injured his leg in the Texas Tech game. And and uh, uh, the last I heard, Will Wade said in his post-game press conference that days might be out for two weeks. Oh, so, wow. interesting to see. Chris, always a lot of fun to do our podcast every week. Uh, can you go take care of the dogs now, and, and uh, we'll do it next time? 
Yeah, well, just make sure that the FedEx truck doesn't come <laughs> next time. Did they deliver anything any good? Uh, yeah, I think so, but I, I don't know if it was worth the, <laughs> the chaos that ensued. <laughs> After that, they, they heard the, the mailman, too. They I don't know, man. They're just, I don't know, they're on red alert. Well, our, our dogs are barking from doing this podcast. Chris, always great. We'll talk to you next time. All right. He's Chris Dorch. I'm Kevin Ingram. This is the SEC Basketball Podcast, the Blue Ribbon Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.